0: In your dreams call, 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 call all right hey everybody welcome to the nick of time show where we give you that Nick talk just in the nick of time it's kind of shaky because, you know, J. is not here tonight. J. is currently on vacation, living a luxurious life. So I'm here hosting tonight. And here I'm with Lee from Posting and Tolstin. Um, You know, I guess the audience is familiar with you as well. If you want to, you know, say a few nuggets about yourself, you know, go ahead before we start the
1: show to be back, Ryan. Uh, honored to, to be here filling the void, uh, covering day one of Nick's summer lead. We got the W. Uh, as you know, I'm a writer for Deadspin and Post and Toasting, covering the NBA culture at large and covering the Knicks, Good, Bad, and Ugly on a weekly basis during the season. Uh, excited to talk about this good win that we had tonight.
0: Yeah, man, most definitely so. Before we get into the different topics tonight, I'm going to just go over some player stats with everybody right quick. So the Knicks tonight were led by Quentin Grimes, 24 points, 8 of 21 shooting from the field, 4 of 14 from three-point range, 8 assists, 4 rebounds. Ferron Hunt with 17 points, played really good tonight, especially on the defensive end with guarding passing lanes. Also Jericho Sims, 16 points, 10 rebounds two blocks again another impressive performance from Sims as well what we expect from him um Miles McBride 14 points 7 assists Daquan Jeffrey 12 points and it was just a pretty strong performance tonight as the Knicks beat the Warriors 101-88 in their summer league debut so i would, so let's get right into it um I think, well, before we got into the podcast tonight, um, me and Lee were talking about the two guys that we thought stood out tonight, and we thought number one was Sims, number two was Hunt, so I'm going to get into those two players at first, so um, Lee, discuss what you saw from Sims tonight.
1: Man, he uh, showed that he's earning that contract. I think that the, the team, the scouting department for the Knicks, knew that New Orleans Noel was not a long-term solution as a backup. And so they were looking deep in this second round to find somebody who could help them up front because of Mitch, uh, Mitchell Robinson's injury history and a guy, guy who not only is an elite athlete, but keeps his head down, plays hard as hell, and is really a very strong rebounder. I would go as far as say, I think he's now the strongest rebounder on the team alongside Julius Randle. Uh, dude, he just has a, has a knack for the boards. And I think when you look at the statistical line for today's game, they sent us a, the double double he had in the third quarter. It's also the three offensive boards that he had as well. Those were like giant put bats, right? Coming out of nowhere from the wheat side, grabbing offensive boards, jamming it right down the throat of the Golden State Warriors, who did have a, a decent sized lineup out there. Not a traditional bid with Wiseman being out, but, but had some bid forwards and perimeter players caught uh, in the lane. So I was really impressed with Jericho Sims, uh, awareness. He, him and, and Miles McBride had some moments where, where McBride, you can tell they had some chemistry, building chemistry upon last year, where he knew where Sims was going to be, cutting. And Sims showed that lateral quickness he had last year. He has the ability to like cross the floor and get in position for offensive re- rebounds and dunks, And he has a position to stretch out to the three-point line and defend in spots. Um, there were a couple of misassignments in tonight's game, but for the most part, I like the fact that he tries to get out there and defend, which is something that, you know, Taj Gibson and Nerlins Noel just don't have the athletic capability of doing.
0: Yeah, man, I agree. Um, I think what most impressed me about Sims tonight is just the fact that, because, you know, a lot of times when guards switch on bigs, you know, they see that as like barbecue chicken, like, you know, I'm going to take this guy off the dribble and get to the basket. But with Sims, like, if I'm a guard, I'm not too hype about that matchup because sims is a big that can actually stick with you like i think there was one play i think i believe it was in the first quarter where mcclung was actually going one-on-one against sims like in the mid-range and sims stuck with him all the way and, and forced him into a bad shot and sims is just his athleticism the fact that he can you know get out on the perimeter like you said in spots and also guard the pain as well camille tried to bang it on him but he he went up in we rose up to the challenge and forced Kaminga to Mr. Duncan. Mm-hmm. I think Sims just had a really good performance last night. I'm really impressed with what I saw from him tonight.
1: You know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of like a poor man's Jared Allen. They have a very similar game, kind of unpolished on the offensive end. I think mean, Allen has a little more of a wider bat of tricks on the offensive end. But defensively and rebounding for someone who's – I think Allen's right, 6'10 and Sims is 6'9. Yes. For someone who's relatively undersized center position, you cannot push those guys around in the a block. They box out, they get the rebound because they have their wide shoulders and their big girth um, around the stomach, right? Those are two big dudes. And I think Sims could be a poor man's Jared Allen. And if he even plays at 60% of that capacity, we got a stud on, on the bench.
0: Yeah, man. Like, I know right now the next um, starting rotation is Mitch Robinson, and then I know off the bench is going to probably be hard and sign backing him up, but I'm not worried about that third backup center in Sims because Sims look like he's going to be a, <laughs> an upcoming beast in these upcoming years once he develops more of his game.
1: When's the last time we could say that? Maybe back when we had, uh, what was the Russian? Timofey Mastrov. <laughs> was the last time that we had a, a bench bid with some promise, you know, or maybe like Mitchell Robinson's rookie year. Um, yeah, it's been a while. So we've had someone that we're like, wow, this guy could be with the team for a while. And we got him on a really affordable deal, too. I was glad that Leon Rose locked him up and, and showed his appreciation for the effort he put forth last year.
0: Yeah, man, most definitely. And Sims already has a spot on this roster. I want to get into another guy right now, Fran Hunt, who definitely showed up tonight. And if he continues playing like the way he played tonight, he's definitely going to push for a Rossi spot. On the knicks so tell me your thoughts about hunt tonight
1: man i feel like my entire life has been leaned to this moment because ferron hunt was my favorite college player three seasons in a row my girlfriend is an smu alum go ponies and we were at every basketball game for the, the ferron hunts um last three years with the team and they, they had some good runs even going to to the nit and the dance one year and ferron hunt at even then show me that he could play some small ball center or some stretch four. The dude had a great three-point shot in college. He was athletic, but what I loved the most about him was his motor. The the team SMU rode out was very undersized and have a lot of athletic ability because of his school, being a private school. But Ferron Hunt never gave up on offensive rebounds, loose balls, was always guarding the best player on the opposing team, and would still chip in 12, 14 points a night. I always said to myself, this guy has a frame. And the six, six, 6'8", height, he tooted to the NBA and provided three and D capacity. And after bouncing around New Orleans and bouncing around the Mavs, now he's found a home with the Knicks. I think he's the perfect Tom Thibodeau player. And when I wrote my piece for posting and Why to Watch the Summer League, one of them was Farron Hunt earning a spot on the Red Door rotation, the Red Door season. And he did tonight. He was fantastic.
0: Yeah, man. He's definitely one of the guys that stood out tonight. And I think the one thing I like about Farron Hunt is, like, he has a motor on him like he has a dog in him. You know what I mean? Like he's one of those players that he's just constantly moving, constantly trying. Like, I think he jumped the passing like three or four times tonight with steals yep. and creating them into baskets. I like the fact that he, on the fast break, he can, he's definitely good at the fast break, finishing at the rim and stuff like that as well. So I think Hunt would be a definitely would be a good addition. If he keeps it up this summer league and show, and I guess proves to the Knicks, you know, coaches and staff that you know he definitely deserves a spot on that roster. Um, I think I'm probably going to get into Grimes right now because Grimes had a pretty good night tonight. I know he started off rough in the beginning; he was missing shots, and I think a lot, and I think some of his three pointers were rushed, but. <sighs> He, but he got into the groove as the game went on, and he also had eight assists, so he definitely showed some playmaking capabilities as well, which was something that he needed to work on from last season. So tell me what you think about Grimes.
1: The good is that he didn't quit. Um, he, he made his first shot, that first three of it he took. He knocked it down. I and mean, then He kind of went on a dry streak after that, but he didn't give up. I think he understood that roster-wise he was the focal point of uh, a head coach Yashimoto's. Yashimoto's offense with the summer lead and he took that responsibility on his shoulders and really balled out. Um, he, he had some opportunities where I thought he could take some of his defenders one-on-one because Golden State had a few guys I thought like, were no matchup for him and he had a history um, in college where there was a point in time where Grimes was the go-to man uh, before he got to Houston and I like the fact that he didn't give up. Uh, he, he took that offensive assignment to be that first option and he, he tried his best to carry the team and carry that load. Um, some of the bad man, he'd settle for that three-point shot, I thought, too yeah, much. Yeah. I really – if I wanted to see anything from from Grimes from last year, this year, it's developed that intermediate game more, to be able to pull up off the dribble, to be have a confidence in the mid-range, to knock that mid-range down or take his man off the dribble. And the, the handle is still a little shaky. The, the handle was shaky in Houston. I and mean, when his confidence dropped and he transferred – to, to U of H, you, you saw that the handle was the main thing that left, and that's when his game transitioned more into a 3 and D player. And I think he's going to be that for the rest of his career. Um, just because he seems that's where he's the most comfortable and the most effective. But the 3-ball was a falling. If it was, he probably would have dropped 35 points. We've seen what happens in Milwaukee last year in December when he dropped the 28. Um, he knocked down like 7 or eight threes. I think it's a rookie record for the Knicks. So there were some good. There were some bad, the, the bright side is the things that were, were bad can be improved upon. I, you know, summer's not over yet. Train camp's not over yet. There's still time to grow.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Um, like you said, like, you know, the fact that he didn't give up you know, because early in the game, you know, I did have a few issues with him. Like I said, I, I did think he did settle for the three too much, like you said. He definitely took some quick threes as well, like some early, like early clock threes where I'm like, you know, instead of, you know, settling for that shot, maybe try to pass the ball around to see if he could get a better shot, you know, within the, you know, within the offense. But, you know, as the game went on, like, I, you know, like I said, like he got he got into the game and he was more effective, you know, not getting shots, you know, finding teammates and stuff like that. So. You know, like you said, I don't really see Grimes as more of a 3-and-D player. Like, I see him, like, that's going to be him 3-and-D. But like you said, some of the things, you know, that, you know, he did wrong in this game, he can definitely get better at. It's not something where it's yeah. like, oh, you know, this is the end-all, be-all, you know. He can't improve. Like, yeah, he can't improve. But overall, I do
1: like what I saw from Grimes tonight. I agree. He had the second highest plus-minus on the roster at 17, um, only behind, behind Daquan Jeffries, who was – Man, that dude was – he didn't shoot. He's got a really nice mid, mid-range J um, and pull-up yeah. jump shot. But 14 threes for Grimes, unnecessary. Uh, the Nets' highest die in the entire game was Miles O'Brien, took 8. 14, and he only made four of them for 28.6%. But at some point, you got to mix it up because the other opposing team's defense is starting to steaming. They, they know you're settling for that jumper. They're going to double you. They're going to push you off from the perimeter line put the ball on the floor, and try to get inside and drive more to the hoop. He did have six free-throw attempts. That could have been eight or nine, in my opinion, if he would have taken the ball, uh, put the ball on the floor, and tried driving a little, a little bit more. He settled way too much for that three-point shot. If he didn't take 14 shots, at least made six or seven.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, Grimes, here that you got to be more aggressive. So, yeah. before we get back into the um, get into the talk, I want to say, what's up to the chat? Because thank you for rocking with us tonight. It's not the usual lineup. You know, I know Jalen's is missing, so I'm glad that y'all actually you know took your time on a friday night to actually watch us tonight you know shout out to jt riddick as always picks for timmy fritz juan carlos canal band lawyer henry thank you for um sticking with us tonight so the next play i want to get into is mcbride Hmm. what are your thoughts about mcbride tonight
1: he looked calm you know mcbride was one of the guys that wasn't super hyped up to see what he did in summer league because in a G league, he dominated. Like the stats in the G league, it, it was such a huge contrast to how he played in that level of competition. And then once he got into a regular NBA game, he like the, the statistics just shrunk. Um, and I think a little bit of that had to do with nerves and a little bit had to do with the way his size and stature is too. He was an undersized point guard. Um, this game specifically, he's playing with the guys that he's practicing with all the time. Like you know, the him and Grimes, him and Sims, those guys are developing a rapport. He knows their spots. He's able to find them, and I think the assist ratio from McBride is indicative of that. With seven assists, you know, only one turnover, that's because he's playing with the dudes he's most comfortable playing alongside. He's not out there with Randall or Fournier um, or last year with Kimball Walker. He's playing with the guys that he knows the best, and he's able to put them in spots to succeed. I thought he did a job too controlling the pace and the tempo. He did a good job facilitating. He played great defense right the entire game. Yeah, great defense. Oh, that's one thing can always depend on Miles and Bride Is playing awesome defense uh, overall. I was happy with it. Would have liked to see a little bit more scoring, but honestly, man, fourteen points, pretty impressive for game one. Yeah, it's pretty decent. Um,
0: that's the one thing, the defense, especially in that first quarter. Like he was giving McClub fits. Like he, he yeah. was, he was pretty much guarding him all ninety-four feet of the basketball court, giving that man hell. And yeah, McBride is, you know, he basically gave you what you expect from him tonight. Great defense. You know, he, he's a shot maker. He 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 rises up for three, can knock into three. The one thing I would probably want to see more from McBride is breaking down the defense. Yeah. He didn't he didn't do a great job of breaking down the defense tonight. But besides that, you know, the great defense, the three-point shooting, and still, you know, finding ways to get other teammates involved and you know, and, and kicking it out to the open man and stuff like that. So I think McBride had a pretty good game tonight.
1: He's got a really tight handle, and he's a really good athlete For even though he's a little undersized. He took 10 shots, eight of them were threes. Would have liked to see a little bit more get into the basket to be able to have open lines toward the cutters or hanging off to the post for Sims. Uh, but I think that would come with time and, and feel as he gets yeah. more minutes and more playing time here in summer league. By games three or four, I think we're going to be seeing a different stat line from McBride.
0: Yeah, I hope so, because at least for me, like I, w- I love point guards that can't break down a defense. You know, I'm not, really a, I'm not really a fan of point guards that, you know, when they have the ball in their hands, they can't really do much with it, you know, and they're pretty much stuck in the perimeter because the guy that's guarding them locks them down. So mm-hmm. it's like it's either they, they, it's either they have to pass the ball off to the guy that's to the side or they have to just throw up a shot. And that's what McBride was doing tonight for the most part. But like you said, like I'm hoping that as Summer League goes on, He'll get more and more comfortable, and we'll see more of him breaking down the defense, actually getting into the getting into the lane, and hopefully from there either finishing at the rim or kicking out to the you know guy at the corner, you know for the open three or you know and stuff like that, you know stuff that you you really expect from your point guard.
1: You know, the Nets did a good job playing against the 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 champions. I know, like maybe Camino was really mostly Moody played a a little bit against Dallas, and Camino played a little bit against Memphis. But for the most part, the same sets and plays they're running is what the normal team runs. Yeah. Like That's an extension of a culture and a discipline of the main rotation. So for us to come out and really lock them down defensively and for McBride to be able to set the tone and control the pace against that level of disciplined um, roster, I, th- I found that to be a really impressive bright spot.
0: Yeah, most definitely. I definitely agree on that. And now I think, let me see, what is the, who's the next player I want to get into right now? I think, let me see. What about keels? Yeah, Keels, yeah. I was, th- I was trying to think about, like, who is who's, who's somebody else that we really need to concentrate on? And I'm like, yeah, is a second-round pick. Thank you, because I, I got a brain fart for a second. I'm trying to think of, of his words. name. And I was like, damn. But, yes, Keels.
1: What do you think about Keels tonight? He still needs to lose about 10 to 12 pounds. Um, I know his body fat percentage was like 13.5. I think it was the fourth highest at the, at the draft combine. Ooh. Um I think it was the highest for as well. He also tested really poorly in the two feet like um, lateral jump. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, that comes from his his body mass and his his fat and debts as well. He's got in better shape. Now, what I wanted to see was did he look better and leaner from the point that he left Duke, which was now like two and a half months ago since dance stopped to now? I didn't expect it to be like the drastic weight change. He hasn't gotten to Thibodeau's uh, practices yet, but I didn't really see much of an in- increase in improvement physically from what I saw at Duke um, and what I saw here. He was really slow getting out to the perimeter. When the guards came in, he was able to body up and not let anyone post him up because of his size and his, his decent wingspan. Uh, but when he had to go out to the perimeter and guard the shooters, he was always two to three steps late. I thought he was late in a lot of the rotations. He was in beating the pick and roll. He's still too heavy and too slow and methodical defensively and offensively. That wear and tear playing defense affected his offensive game too, where he wasn't really able to have that much of an impact um, on offensive end. He only chipped in three points. I mean, dude was one of eight. Like, I, I don't think this is going to be a consistent trend we're going to see day, game to game for all six games of summer lead. But I, I really wanted to see better conditioning and better approach and discipline in this first game uh, as a starter. And I didn't see that. So overall, I was kind of honestly disgusted
0: <laughs> by at
1: least the, the the conditioning on his end, not necessarily the skill.
0: Yeah. Um, Keels to me, I'm, like, I'm not going to be crazy hard on him just because I know that he's still a young kid and he, you know, second round pick. So you're not really expecting him to, like, show out, you know, his first summer league game or whatever the case may be. But I do think it is kind of alarming that he did – Test at what thirteen point five percent body fat, yeah, I do think that's kind of alarming right there because I, at least the way I see things like to me that shows your discipline per se, like yeah, I know you haven't been playing basketball from the time two season, two seasons ended till the draft into summer of league, but at the same time it's like you have to still keep your body in shape. That doesn't mean that, you know, you're on vacation and all of a sudden, you know, you can just let loose for a bit. And then, you know, like leave that to the veterans. The veterans can easily like, you know, gain a little fat over the summer. And then once practices start, you know, during the regular season, that's when they start losing their weight and they get back to their form. Like, I think you as a rookie, like, you have to be disciplined with your body. Jack. me, Me seeing that, to me, that's a red flag right there because I'm like, you know, you're on break, you're a rookie and you're coming in with 13.5% body fat, that's not going to do it for me. But, like you said, Kiel's, um he, def- he definitely didn't have a good game today. He definitely struggled. But, um like I said, I'm not going to be crazy hard on him. Just for the simple fact, you know, there's not a lot of expectations on him coming into this season. I think more than likely, he's probably going to be a G League player. I don't think the Knicks are going to really, or, I think he's going to probably be on a two-way contract, you know, like, Key, they're gonna have him play in the G League and develop, and then yeah. you know, then at, maybe at some sometimes throughout the season they might bring him up to the starting lineup if he shows out in the G League. But yeah, like lateral movement does need improvement, but like you said, that's probably due to the body fat. You know, he did have a couple. He did have a couple good plays. You know, in the post, of course, when you're big like that, you can. You know, you're gonna hold your own in the post. Not you're not gonna be too too easy to bully bully around and stuff like that, but. Overall, I think, you know, Kiel's definitely had a rough first outing, but hopefully, you know, as Summer League goes on, you know, he'll have better outings and show up more.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to have inflated expectations. Uh, he's not going to track the rotation. There's just too many players that the front office wants to give minutes to to see what they got. You know, Reddish is going to have an opportunity before him. Grimes, Quickly, RJ, Fournier. Like, all those guys are going to get the opportunity to play and get extended minutes before Kiel's does, even after getting rid of Burt's and Kimba Walker. So the opportunity's not there, but I, the red flags that you're talking about, those are the red flags that, that scouts saw pre-draft that made him drop from a late first round pick to, to second round. A lot of people are like, well, you know, the shot wasn't there in college. He only shot around 31%. Like maybe it didn't come back, but it was really, it was the conditioning issues and the, the weight issues. I'm a big guy myself. I know when, I know when you're couple pounds overweight, it really affects all mobility in every aspect. And those are the reasons why this stock dropped in the draft and especially after the combine when he was the third worst of the shuttle run too, doing, uh, for 3.3, 3, 3, 3, seconds, which was slower than even some of the bigs that were doing it as well. So there's a lot to work on there, is a guy, did you in shape, you know, this drill is going to be brutal. You're doing two a day, sometimes three days, even though he's supposedly eased up a little bit. Um, so hopefully he takes that initiative on his own. And I didn't see that, that he worked this summer to get in shape for summer lead, which was, you know, disappointing to me as a fan. Yeah, well, you know, like I
0: said, we're not gonna be too hard on keels. You know, we're gonna give him a little bit of leeway, you know, still young, rookie. He'll get himself in shape and he'll definitely show up into the rotation somewhere down the line. Yeah. Now, I think the question I'm gonna get to is so I think we covered about pretty much every main person that played tonight and players that stood out. Besides the players that we talked about tonight, what is one player? that you thought played tonight where you were impressed by him, who, one of the players that we didn't talk about so far?
1: Probably, I, mean, I want to give some shout-out to Daquan Jeffries. I don't think he's going to get um, a red-door spot in the rotation. He could get an opportunity to sign a two-way contract, or they could stash him in the G-lead. Uh, but, I, yeah, I was impressed with his effort. I was impressed with – I think he shot, like, almost 70% from the field – he hit about four shots, uh, from what I remember, and most of them were in the second half. But he, I mean, he kind of had a stroke from downtown. I remember one three in particular that he knocked down, uh, that, that had a little bit of defense crowding him on the perimeter, but he also chipped in three assists. So he was, he was trying to get his opportunity and make the most of the minutes that he was given while still being a part of the flow of the offense and making sure other guys were getting fed too, chipping in three assists, three rebounds, um, he had like, I think he was pretty high into fouls. He had like four or five fouls as well, but didn't turn a ball over. So I like the way that he played with any offense. Those are the type of guys that are good to have on the court because it simulates for guys like Grimes, McBride like and Sims real game situations where you, know, you have to be the focal point when you're the bench squad and these other guys gonna be more the rotational pieces that are helping facilitate or take open jumpers, it allows for Grimes, McBride, and Sims to take more uh, of a load on offense and play more of a of a primary role um opposed to like, having to play alongside of Cam Reddish or RJ Barrett where they're taking all the shots. So I, I liked what Daquan Jeffries did. I think he was solid I, I hope it earns an opportunity to show what he's has got in the G League.
0: Yeah, I like Daquan Jeffries too. I definitely think he showed up well tonight, especially that one Crazy dunk he had that facial. I think it was on Kaminga, if I remember correctly, and it was funny because they were talking to Kenny, Kenny Atkinson and like they didn't yeah. even like they, they didn't <laughs> even they, they would not even catch take on the game. You just saw him just yamming on somebody and got an and one, and they weren't even paying attention to. And I was like, come on, man! Like a dunk like that should have definitely gave more attention to. But yeah, Daquan definitely J Con Jeffries definitely showed up tonight. He's definitely one of the guys that um I I, I had my eye on tonight, but I think. Another play that I want to talk about, which who impressed me tonight, especially his on-ball defense, is Montero at the point guard position. Yeah. I was really impressed with his on-ball defense and the way that um, he was giving Golden State Warriors point guards fits. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a small stature guy. You know, I, I, I'm not even sure if he's over six feet tall looking at him on the court, but yeah, his defense was yeah six one maybe, but his defense to me really stood out tonight. I definitely like his on-ball defense.
1: I agree. And, you know, it's funny, the two guys that we both mentioned were two of the three highest plus minus dudes on the court outside of Grimes. Uh, they believe Grimes was one, Jeffries was two, and Montero was three. So, you know, the, the, the eye test is there. We, we, the things that we saw on the court, i think mean, having those guys playing at a high level and giving it on the defense side and facilitating on the offensive side. It helps our young guys, the ones that are, are going to play in the regular season, to really have opportunities to shine because you have the role players playing their role setting them up for success.
0: Yeah, man, most definitely. And I'm going to salute the chat once again, 34 watching. Thank you. I know it's not the usual lineup. I know y'all missing JLS, but thank you for rocking with us tonight. So, again, um, I want to shout out Sangford, the people I didn't shout out earlier, um, Kareem Grant, Jason M., oh. Lucas Eureka, and, of course, S- Silvery Gray, everyone else who's rocking with us tonight. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. So now we're going to get to... Topics. These are the topics that J. L. Ellis recommended for tonight. So I definitely have to get into them. It's not related to Summer League. It's, def- it's just general Knicks, some um, news. Do it. So if- let me find. Okay. So topics to consider tonight. The first one being the Lakers seemingly cut Carmelo Anthony. I know there's been a lot of talk <laughs> saying that the front office would be open to bringing back Carmelo Anthony. So do you think that the Knicks should actually re-sign Melo?
1: Melo is my favorite player of all time, which is a very different statement than the best player of all time or the best Knick of all time. He's just my personal favorite. Got his autobiography, got his jersey, got a plush doll, got everything. I, I love the dude. I think he's a stand-up guy and a great human being. But now isn't the time to have him back on the roster. And we just – it took – it took moving out at Burks. near Orleans Noel – Kimba Walker and Taj Gibson, Fibs' favorite guys, to actually finally have an opportunity for the kids to play. Don't mess that up by bringing in Carmelo Anthony for a farewell tour. This is this roster is not the roster to add him to it. He's not coming to, to, to a team that's going to win. I don't think this stage of his career he's going to help the team win. He's just going to take minutes away from guys like Obi Toppin and and uh, Sims and maybe even for On Hunt. I would rather see the young guys an opportunity to play. Increase your minutes by four to six, uh, you know, between between each other. Then have Carmelo out there doing back to the basket ISO shots when we're down by fifteen to the box. Just as an interest me, man, like I love Melo. I would prefer Mellow go to the Clippers, go somewhere we can win, go to Miami, go somewhere where he might have a chance to win championships and you know, finally get that lifelong dream of winning a chip. Not doing, you know, a, a farewell tour with the Knicks or probably not be back either in the lottery or playing German next year.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. It's one of those things where it's like if the Knicks were in a different situation where the Knicks were actually able, they they were in a position where they were competitive, they go for a title, mm-hmm. then I would like, of course, bring back Melo for that, you know, farewell tour, or whatever, because you know maybe we actually have a chance to win a chip while he's here with us. But seeing what the team is right now, the team's in a rebuilding phase. Like you said, we got rid of Nerlens Noel, Kemba Walker. Um, who else we got rid of? Who oh, I'm forgetting uh, right ch- now. Todd Gibson, like we got it. We got rid of all these other veterans just so that we can get playing time for these young guys. And then what we're going to sign, we're going to resign Carmelo Anthony. Then it's like, what's the point? (laughs) You know, like it doesn't make sense. So and then, then on top of that, it's like like I said earlier tonight, I think I responded to CK on Twitter when he posted a picture of like Cam Reddish next to Leon Rose. I was like the picture you should have posted was actually. Obi Top and next to Julius Randle, right there. That's Obi. Julius is gonna be here next season. So we have to prepare for it. So yeah. you have Julius Randle here, and then on top they go gonna bring in Melo. Exactly. Obi's not, not seeing the court if that's the case. Yeah. He's not seeing the
1: court. That's so it's exactly like, what I was on comment on. The situation's already dicey enough between Randle and Obi, who's starting, which one's gonna be traded, who deserves to start more. Like I just want Randle to have a good season to increase his trade value. So hopefully we can move him for picks or some other young players and give Obadiah. Uh, top in the opportunity to start at the four. mellow don't put Mello in that situation. Don't yeah. make them come in and feel like that every minute he's playing is taken away from the crowd favorite whether chain Obi. Like, that's not right to Mello. It's not right to Obi. It's not right to Randall. It's gonna mess a team up and you just know that Tom Thibodeau is gonna be in an even weirder situation of who I like, where's my loyalty and who should I start? Like, right? no, I'm not interested, man. Just let Mello go somewhere and win, not come here and lose. <laughs>
0: Exactly, you know, Mello. Just make sure, you know, when you finally have your Hall of Fame speech, make sure you're going to the Hall of Fame as a Nick. That's all that matters, all right, man. That's yeah, all boy. that matters. <laughs> all right. So the next topic is Taj Gibson, obviously being waived. Um, news came out that he signed with um the Washington Wizards. So I guess what are the what are your thoughts about the Iron Man Taj Gibson and him finally being waived? which is pretty much, you know, opening the lane for Sims to come through and him signing with the Wizards.
1: Glad that someone picked him up immediately. I think it shows his worth as really he's became a 3-and-D a guy. He added that 3-ball to his game last year and was fairly efficient with it. And, you know, he honestly was also our second-best post defender after Mitchell Robinson. I, I trusted him more than I did New Orleans Noel, and I trusted him a lot more than I did than Obi Toppin. Taj was a beast. You know, he was very dependable, huge locker room presence. I think that was one of the reasons why the Knicks wanted to keep him, was purely because of the influence he had on the young guys, developing good habits, encouraging them during the losing. And obviously, you know, he's been a thibs guy with every stop at the top that Tom Thibodeau has been at. But it came down to minutes. And Taj still wants to play because he still has the ability to play and impact the game. And he's not going to do that in New York with the young kids here. You know, the four guys that we got rid of that were all veterans. Burt Noel, Walker and, and Taj Taj is the only one that I have like a lot of that resonates warmly with me because I, I like the way that he encouraged the young guys always on the bench cheering and when he came to the game usually we either kept the lead or took the lead um is one of the things I really liked about Taj was was his positive impact on the young core but I'm gonna miss him but I think there's a silver line there that guarantees young minutes for our young guys
0: yeah man um Like me personally, Todd Gibson was one of the few veterans where when Thibs put him in the game, I was like, oh, damn. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, because like you said, most of the time when Todd Gibson was in the game, he had a positive impact on the game. I do like the fact that he also developed his game as well while he was with the Knicks, because that's when he developed his corner three point shot. You know, and pretty much, you know, good defender as always, you know, Todd Gibson's that veteran that you know you already know when he's in the game he's going to give you defense he's going to give you strong play he's going to give you leadership you know Taj Gibson is just one of those veterans that you just keep on the team and you know he's he's just gonna you know be a positive influence on the locker room and all that stuff so you know I wish Taj Gibson the best definitely in Washington I mean I don't know how far he's going to be to get with that team you know Washington is like probably a borderline playoff team but you know, wish him the best in Washington. Of course, he's going to be missed in New York.
1: Yeah, he did a lot for the community, too. I know his old school, PS67, um, and, and Fort Green, he had, had a real big hand in helping them out and, and donating his time and money and efforts to, to improving the, the school system there in the community. So he, he was just a great person all around. And I'm going to miss him as a human being and a little bit as a player as well. Yeah, most definitely. All right, so we have 44
0: in the chat. Thank you, everybody, that tuned in tonight. And I think I'm going to end it on this note because um, I can't really think of any more topics to talk about. And we're not really doing any calls tonight. Uh, We're sorry about that. I don't know if we're going to be doing calls the next show. J. Ellis should be back, I think, for the third summer league game. So it might be the same format. I'm not really sure yet. But, you know, once Sunday comes, you know, we will update you on that. So, Lee, tell them where they can find you.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, my writing's on Posts and Toasting. My piece on why, Four Reasons you should Watch the Next Summer League came out today on the site. I got more content in the funnel coming out uh, this weekend, next week. Usually two or three articles a week. And also writing about the NBA at large for Deadspin. Got some, some fun stuff. Writing about the culture of the NBA. Covering teams, transactions, trade, signings. Um, yeah, you can find my writing on art and music and all kinds of stuff. Writing for Vogue. Writing for the Grammys. Uh, online, but the, the nits is where my heart's at.
0: Most definitely, most definitely. And as for me, you know, you can find me on Instagram at Sergei is I don't have raw or JL is to do the Sergei is part for me, but it's all good though. That's S I R G is C H I L L I N. You can also find me at Sergei's corner. Content is coming soon. I'm working on that. Um, also, you can find me on Twitter, Ryan G K O T and of course, I just got my financial agent license. So if you need help with your finances, you know, you can always hit me up, you know, on any of my social media, just send me a DM message and I'll definitely help you out with that. And I guess that is our show for tonight.
1: Give a thumbs up in the chat for the great job Ryan did as host, man. Thank, thank you. Thank four. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. First time.
0: First time hosting. I'm glad. Cool. I'm glad y'all um approved tonight. And. The sound effects ain't there, you know. But as J. Ellis says, <laughs> <laughs> it's a mess out there. And trust me, William Wesley is definitely making it a mess out there because this man got Mark Cuban crying, talking about the Knicks were tampering with Jalen Brunson. So William Wesley is definitely out here making a mess. Even a bum, anyways. It's all good. <laughs> all right, so Knicks fam, thank you for watching. We're out. Peace. Peace. New York, New York, big city (laughs) Uh, Uh, of dreams. New
1: York, New York, York, big city of dreams. NYC.